Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell. We have me, Seb. And me, Robbie. And this week, our episode 30, Big 3-0. Big 3-0. Which you are nearly seen, aren't you? I am. It's yeah, only yeah. a couple of weeks until my Big 3-0. Yeah. Um, we are looking at the best horror scenes not in horror films. So um, this is a bit of an interesting one because it's a bit of a trip down memory lane like a lot of our um, top five kind of are. So I, when I was doing this, I, there were there were quite a few of them that came to mind straight away. And a lot of them were films that I did watch when I was young. Um, one of them was a film that I've watched recently and I completely forgot about it. And then when watching it back... I remembered the scene and being terrified of it. So I stuck that on the list. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a walk down memory lane. Yeah. Um, it's, well, I think for a lot of people it will be because it's a, it's strange that this whole, like the best horror scenes, not in horror films, but it, when I really started thinking of it, it's amazing how many in my head are in like children's films. Yeah. Like those kind of films are kind of where like it's a breeding ground of, it's really where you don't expect to be scared as a child's film. But almost the best children films are almost the ones where you did have a scene that was like yeah. kind of creepy or freaky or it it kind of really played to adults. Yeah. Those are the ones that kind of made it really interesting. So there are a, a few of those on my list, a couple of like ones that were like childhood like love films, but there's also like a a little bit of a freaky scene in there that was just always like, What the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, yeah. why is this here? <laughs> what mean, are you doing to children? Mine, mine range from kind of um, action, sci-fi, and all the way up to even comedy, believe it or not. Um, oh, comedy. And I think there's, there's definitely got to be one that I think we have crossover. Um, if you've listened to any of our top fives, um, that we occasionally do have a little crossover, don't we? Um, and I guess this is my chance to, yet again, plug the show. Um, so <laughs> if you haven't already hit the subscribe button, uh, and you can go and check out our back catalogue of top top fives um who wants to start this time <laughs> um i think shall i start this yeah, time i start. think i think you started last time so we'll uh we'll go from there with our little uh a little interesting lists yeah okay so uh my first choice i will i'm gonna start with my the kids films they're not all kids films my choices but th this one is a children's scene and i do think it's one that kind of really with a lot of kids it kind of it, it stayed within them in their mindset when they were a child, for some of them at least. And that's from Toy Story. Okay. I think I had a way you're going. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there are, to be fair, there's a reason that Toy Story is so well renowned, not just because it's a fun, well animated, and, like smart script, it's because it has some darker scenes in it, some, yeah, some, toy, some ideas. The whole series has ideas about toys that go deeper than just this is just a t film about toys. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and there are several scenes, especially involving the villainous character in the first one, which is Sid. Yeah. The boy who likes to blow up toys. As probably lots of you probably did. Lots of you were probably Sid without thinking about it. You, uh... <laughs> A lot more of us probably more than we realised. Yeah. At least when you get to that age, it goes from being toys to, how can I destroy you now? <laughs> or, how, if I, 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 I mean, I had a really cool green goblin toy. And... <laughs> I if I'd have Defoe. <laughs> yeah, Defoe did Goblin. I'd have it wouldn't be a pass me to try and uh if it wasn't so cool to try and, you know, like create my own toys yeah. mixing them together. <laughs> you know? So I mean awesome. yeah, I mean to back back in the day, I mean uh, 
I'm sure they're even as awesome now, but they don't never seem as awesome as when you're a kid, like all the badass, like that was like the first Spider-Man film I had. I had one of those Defoe where he like moved and you had a glider and you yeah, could like move badass. him around on it. Spider-Man where like Tobey Maguire all burst a bit, like broken in bits where he got like beaten yeah, to hell from that, that film. There were even things like I remember a bit as a kid, like having um, like toys, like there used to be these weird like goosebumps ones I used to get, where it was basically like a bag of goo. Yeah. And out of it, it made you believe that you were creating them because you like had to add something to the bag of goo and then it would kind of form and you think you were forming the parts and you'd have <laughs> yeah. to put together the creature inside. I don't know why it always seemed like it was like, there's nothing there. Oh my God. Then when we add the water, it becomes a toy. No, it was in there somehow, but it was just like, I, I remember it as... There was definitely no toy in there before, and now there is. <laughs> it like, was probably one of those things to just add water. To. Yeah, <laughs> you just didn't realize. <laughs> but it, yeah, but it became like a fully formed that you'd build. I mean, uh, I could I could reminisce about the toys of the, the yeah. childhood all day long. Small Soldiers was another Small awesome Soldiers film and awesome toy range. I also um, had a bit good bits of horror, and I don't know if that's going to be on your list. That's not on my list. But, there was but that there. is a very good. I mean, that's it. That's Joe. Da- that's Joe, Joe Dante, Dante, isn't it? So. Yeah. Of course, it's got some good bits of like scary horror and like some references in there because it's Joe Dante. Yeah. I didn't even think of that one. It's a great one. It is a great one. Anyway, my part of my scene to get back on track with Toy Story, not just toys, yeah. <laughs> um, is um, it is the scene where the toys, the broken toys in Sid's room, come out from under the bed. Oh. Like the, um, I think this is in, in such a kids' film yet where yet yeah, we've got lots of like themes like adult themes as well thrown in there um this is a scene where uh i mean i we've talked about this before i was a kid who was really like scared by that many things so i can't say that this was scary but i recognized that this was weird oh man i was terrified as a strange like scene in a film um so i mean toy story was like a revolutionary film anyway like pixar this is the first pixar film and it was revolutionary for its time um well, 995. But um, it's more that kind of in that scene, it's that creepy that you've got uh, such a kind of, I was about to say closeted, <laughs> which was not the right word I wanted Definitely not. for Woody. Definitely not. <laughs> not closeted Woody. <laughs> no. um, <laughs> I, I, um, re- more, they're almost like recluse like because they've never really seen the outside world that much kind of thing. They're almost like in this little bubble. Yeah. And this is like when it fully like breaks for Woody when he just thinks they've seen it and they think that the toys in the scene, which is like cannibalistic. Yeah. When he sees earlier and he sees them drag this broken toy out and they think that basically he almost thinks and it does play up themes of like toy cannibalism that they're, yeah. they're eating the toys or they're like literally ripping it apart for a reason. Um, so when he sees them all coming out, I think the one that stands out the most is the, the, the metal leg spider boy yeah. With the head of the doll, that's all the hair's been shaved off, and one eye's kind of drooping down. Yeah, and it comes out, click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, and it's just that plays up on that spider, but it's like spider with a human baby head, it, and it's well, like, it, what the fuck? It's it's intro, it's almost like an introduction to body horror, isn't yeah. It, you know? And so it was 1995. You'd have been four, I would have been three. And I don't think I watched it at age three, but I definitely watched it slightly older than that, maybe. Um, I mean, yeah. And yeah, it was just horrifying. You know? yeah, like, it was there's, a, there's a muscle man with a with a dolphin head or something like that. And there's a muscle man with yeah, a head Yeah, there's like as a well. praying mantis kind praying of one. Mantis. And, Maybe it's got a praying um, There's one who's just dragging himself along, like all of his legs are missing, but yeah. he's just got one arm. And it, it, and then there are some, uh, like the, um, 
we get later on a little bit, but we get some of the um, army soldiers who've got like nails through yeah. them, so they're just like deformed, and it looks really like and melted as well. Yeah, and yeah. melted, and like even though it's just toys, it's like well, we're following toys, normal toys, and they're looking at this like. You're like, what the fuck? If this, you know, if this was like adapted into a human form or something like well, that, yeah. you would be freaked as fuck, like out from the bed, creep all of your worst nightmares. Well, kind of thing. the toys are sentient, aren't they? They're like, yeah. they're aware, and it's it's about them living this life, which you naturally <laughs> you assume is kind of um, is all playful and is yeah. you know joyful, but and in actuality, like there are people who are like Sid, you know, who definitely did that. And it, yeah, I remember oh, yeah. terrified. I mean, that. actually, uh, say people, my brother, my brother did that to both loads of my toys. I used to find them freaking burnt and crisped, and I had like the toys from uh, from Godzilla. Ah, <laughs> yes, the uh, Roland Emmerich Godzilla, the Matthew Broderick one, <laughs> and I had like little little a little Broderick, like <laughs> who, no. I don't know why he was the action star. The idea that I played with little Matthew Broderick, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't sound wrong. No, it doesn't. Sound, it doesn't. That's our new soundbite for our show. I, I played with Matt. Little Matt. Oh, God. That's going to take us. It's like me thinking of the Toy Story when people do this fear is about what happened when they were sentient when Andy was a teenager. Like, what did they see? Yeah. But I didn't want to get back to whacking it again. It's our last, yeah. Let's go. All of our episodes. But, um, but the thing with um, actually Toy Story. So, yeah, I've, I've lived through that. My toys are getting fucking like looking at it going like cigarette burns in my toys and they've just been exploded off the roof. Um, but the other thing with, for me as a trip down Mary Mary is Toy Story is the first film that I saw as a child in the cinema. Oh, wow. So and I, it's one of the few things that I actually have. You have like. Very, like you, you remember barely anything from, but there's one thing that I remember is being sat watching a screen and seeing the opening with the blue clouds. Yeah, and I remember seeing that on a screen, and it's one of those things like, you know, like wh- when you're that young at our age, you basically just the most I get out of that memories of that age are basically just like little flashes of yeah, images occasionally, flashes. like you know your tra- your trauma comes up yeah. of what happened to me, <laughs> and you see the the fucking deformed. Famous toys, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so for me, and I think for a generation of children, that was a scene that just kind of seared in their brain for a little, a little while. Um, and you know, we'll see where we go with this list. But there's so many of these kind of children's ones that we could definitely discuss. Yeah. Well, my one isn't uh, my my first one, number five, isn't quite to that level. Um, it's definitely (laughs) not a traumatic one, but it's a film that. I I really love. Um, I was obsessed with it when it came out. You prob you'll remember, um, and that is Predators, uh, twenty ten. Yeah. Um, and the scene that I always thought was really cool. I mean, I love I love the whole film. Um, it's just to shut your mind off and chill. But it's the scene where Topher Grace's character um, is separated from the people uh, yeah. from the rest of them in the ship. Lawrence Fishburne's just tried to kill them all, and they've all escaped and. Um, he is on his own in kind of a a part of the ship which is completely dark and he can't see anything and he, he feels like he's being watched and then he lights a flare and he throws it and it just hits the floor, nothing. I think he lights another one, nothing. And then he lights one, he throws it 
and it hits a predator, you know, and yeah. it's there watching him invisibly. <laughs> and it's not, you know, it's not a particularly horrifying scene. It doesn't. It's not quite the childhood trauma of the, <laughs> of the the creatures from a uh, Toy Story, but it was always one which stuck out to me as a little bit of horror because Predator's never. I mean, it's it's an action film. It's never really explored much of that kind of horror. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd, I'd say, I'd say this one, this one, you're like balancing the line a little yeah. bit. I'd say where, where some people would be saying that is a hot, that is like horror, but I, yeah. I agree, it's an action it's side. An action like side the side first thing. one, the Arnold one, yes, there are like scenes of horror thing, but it's an action film. It's an action film, one. and Predators is pretty much that. It's, it's more probably more sci-fi than the original. Yeah, Predator. the original Predators is just about muscles, yeah, one-liners and just killing. The, the yeah. scene in that film, I thought, when you said about Topher Grace, is the bit when they're in the hall and he like poisons. No, um, see, he poisons um, uh, with his blade. His Olivia, cut. yeah, and um, yeah, that that scene I thought only because it's like a, I guess it's like a bit of a twist. Like you knew he was going to be a bad guy, really, because they were all basically yeah, some kind of bad guys. guy. But it was that kind of sudden, like movement. Like I remember that bit being like quite. And she, you see, sees it from her like point yeah, of view, kind of thing, going comatose. Yeah, that scene I thought was quite like for like say Topher Grace, who yeah. basically <laughs> most people knew as Eric Foreman. Yeah, like, that was quite a good like scene for him. Like after, especially after for. Eddie Brock, yeah. after Eddie Brock, where like he was meant to play a villain and it didn't really go his way. Yeah, <laughs> nothing, not really his fault. Not one, but you know, yeah. But that's the one for me because I just thought it was, it was such a visually cool scene and it played with kind of it dipped its toes in some horror, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think we we needed a character getting getting stalked and that. So. <laughs> um, so that's my number five. It's I, only a little. Quick although I got I, that little quickie, but I I got I got to say though that we both share in the fact that uh, for that Predator film, I can't not think of that film without thinking of. Although I do think it's probably the the second best Predator film to me. Yeah. I, I love I like the second one for what it is. It, it's but it's not a great like Predator film. I just love Danny Glover. Danny but Glover. Danny Glover is like this badass. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, I love the city terrain though. I'd love it yeah, to Bill return Paxton. to that. Yeah. Um, and also the latest one is um, I I liked the latest one. I liked it. Right up until the end, when yeah, it went yeah. like, "Why the fuck are we doing Iron Man Predator?" Or like, "What the fuck's yeah. going on here?" And even why whole, did you do that? The whole idea with them harvesting stuff. it was literally like a failed idea because they wanted arnold was meant to be in that box but anyway that's not my point my point is the disappointment with that predator film of the trailer ruining by having expectations that went beyond because there's that scene with adrian brody isn't there where he gets the three targets on him and then he gets hundreds and then he gets hundreds in the trailer not hundreds maybe but but his whole body is like covered in i remember like literally i think we were sat in the cinema when we saw that trailer together for the first time and you went how the like what the yeah. fuck? How is he gonna get out of that? And then in the film, it was like one dot, like one free dot, obviously yeah. threat. And it was like, I remember that being such a disappointment. Yeah. So I really like that. I really like that film, but I re- always have a and bit, me. a slight tinge of disappointment. But, yeah, <laughs> and that was around the time that a couple of trailers were doing that one. Yeah, they, they were, were filming. They were stuff faking it like a little bit. Yeah, we like, don't really get that much. Which is fact, like, like the only like, yeah, only nowadays the only ones Marvel films fake stuff a lot. Like they do that to throw people off and yeah. things like that. A lot of the scenes in like Infinity War, the trailer, a lot of it didn't happen. Like they had the Hulk, which he wasn't actually even in the film, that kind of thing. But which is probably a better tactic than just ruin it completely. Because yeah. we've also had ones the other way that just literally give the whole film away. Like who needed yeah. to see Batman versus Superman? Because you watched <laughs> it in the trailer they did for it. Yeah. Um, right. Back on to my uh, number. Are we going? Have we gone down? I go five, four, three, two, one. 
What did I say? Did I say my number one or did I say my number five? I I've don't already know. got off the rails. <laughs> right. I'm gonna get I'm just gonna call it four. If I call it five, then I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong in my own life. Um actually <laughs> I guess the Spider-Man link comes here with a uh, little uh, Eric Foreman. <laughs> yeah. With little Tofu Great, although it is not Spider-Man 3. Uh it's actually um Spider-Man 2. And it is the operation scene with Doc Ock. That was on my list. Is it on yes, your list? <laughs> I knew that was the one we were going Ah, you see, I was actually, I almost went, so I was originally actually going for my first one I put down. I did put down another Spider-Man one. Strangely a good series for uh, horror scenes. Not, obviously we know why this one's good because it's Sam Raimi's behind the camera yeah. and he's so good. But uh, originally I actually had the Mysterio scene from the latest Spider-Man okay, film yeah. from, uh, far, uh, not Far From, yeah, Far From. Far From. Yeah, uh, that one where, because that one kind of has like zombie, like no, Iron Man out of the grave and it has, it's just such a trippy, yeah, creepy scene. That's really cool. Um, so yeah, that that one was also like really cool because the visuals, like that was like the best scene in the film was Mysterio just fucking with his brain, but it was like, I would imagine for any, like, again, for any kid that was watching that scene, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. I, Iron Man just died in, like, the last <laughs> film that was released, and now here he is as, like, a, a skeleton, like, zombie version of him coming out of the ground. Like, that would have been yeah. freaky as shit. I was like, fucking hell. But let's let's discuss oh. Spider-Man 2, because Spider-Man 2, probably the greatest Spider-Man film yeah. ever made. One of the best superhero films. I and, would, And I can't wait for the fact that we're getting Doc Ock again. Alfred Molina's coming yeah. back. But... I, I would honestly say that Doc Ock, I mean, this is only for me, obviously, other people can have their own opinions, but I'm... Come at us. <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm dropping a bomb. But I'm. everybody knows that I'm not overly into comic book films. Yeah. That's not. It's not really my vibe. I, I'll watch them, but they're not really my thing. Um, but I've, I think that the... For, Green Goblin was awesome as well. But I think that the only two actual really good... Um, comic book villains we've had since Doc Ock is Heath Ledger's Joker and um, Thanos. Other than that, I haven't really found one that I thought was awesome. Um, but I just think the whole the whole scene is just so beautiful. I mean, it's so evil dead, isn't it? It is. It's so evil dead. This this is why I, I love it. The second it like popped into my brain, I was like, oh, yes. I was like, I was thinking, I was trying to think of one in that kind of action superhero realm i was like there's got to be so we've had a few scenes that are popping up like a few more horror based like scenes but that one raimi where we follow the tentacles in this very in the very same way we kind of follow that like the spirit in the evil dead when we follow it yeah. through the forest it's so much like that scene where we're following it around the room with all the doctors but it's just manic i've been the first thing is that we get the we know we're in for something because we have Alfred Molina lying on the bed and we have all the tentacles up and they're yeah. all covered in the kind of clinical draping thing and stuff like that. And then we have the doctor um, and he's about to, he's spinning the saw blade and then he hears something move and he looks and he sees the, one of the things holding the um, armor, the oh, tentacle, yeah. he sees it, it move a little. little mo yeah. And then he's like, oh, that's enough. And he goes back and then you see the tentacle in, I watched this, because I watched it just before we recorded. Yeah. <laughs> um, you see the, the tentacle in the other doctor's uh, glasses reflecting. And then oh, I think the worst bit of this scene for me, because, yeah, I watched this in the cinema. 
if you if you listen to a previous episode, you know that my brother went before me, told me that um, <laughs> Spider-Man kills Doc Ock with a rocket launcher. Um, so I was expecting that, but I went in and this scene was terrifying. And the one thing that has always stuck in my head from it is it's about halfway into the scene um, because we don't get any music as well in this scene, which is amazing. You just see pure yeah. carnage, but it's when a woman run is uh, running and she gets grabbed by the leg and oh, then she gets dragged she into the dark and straight. Yeah. And you see her nails scraping. Yeah. Hear it. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's horrible. There's the bit with the little chainsaw bit yeah. and then it kind of in the shadow, you kind of see that it gets kind of pushed back on him. You get the guy that's pinned into the wall yeah. by one of them, just straight up pinned. And it's all uh, oh, and the one on the face as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it's bloodless, but you wouldn't notice because it's all happening so fast. Yeah. The best shot for me is the, I mean, I love the point of view of the tentacle shots. Yeah. But the best one is that just one shot when you've got Alfred Molina laid out, and then the tentacles are just like moving around like crazy yeah. and everyone's just getting flung around and you get like through the window and the glass and the, you know, it's just, it's just manic. It's crazy, but it just works so well. It's like this scary, like, this is what makes, a, the, this is kind of what makes him a great. It's not just, it's not just that it's Alfred Bellina, like, is great as Doc Ock, but it's the fact that they create the tentacles that have their own life. Yeah. They literally respond to him. They literally, which is a nice way that they've played up the version. Like, the comics is not exactly like that, where in this version, his mind is being taken the over by it. Chip. Yeah, the inhibitor chip. <laughs> which, like, but it just works so perfectly to cause this kind of, like, two sides of his mind. Like, he's trying to defeat them, but they are taking over. So it's really the evil comes from them, not from him himself, which is what worked in the first, in the first series of Spider-Man, like, every villain kind of had like a like an emotional arc and they kind of yeah. tried to balance it out like william defoe's was he was a little bit more evil like than straight up than doc ock was that's because doc the ock formula. was fine the formula yeah, back, <laughs> back to form back to formula <laughs> uh, whereas in the third one they kind of took it too far by having to have because they had to shove in that emotional resident they yeah. had like Sandman, who looked cool but didn't really work because it felt like it was just a repeat of another. Okay, so he's the sad story. Yeah. And he then, oh he killed Uncle Ben. Oh we hate. Oh this. yeah yeah it's like what the fuck like why did you need to check? We didn't need that twist. Uh, it's that kind of stuff that kind of bogged it down. But with Doc Ock, it was just so per. It was the perfect balance of that. Like it's not so much a sad story, a sob story. It's like uh like. You can tell he's fighting it, but he also wanted something greater for humanity. Yeah. And then it kind of screams out in these like tentacles, which are just terrifying. Yeah. Like they are like scary throughout kind of thing, but they are like such a threat. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything like, that's why like he pretty much is the, the strongest villain that they've had because of that. Like, <laughs> well, it's the, it's the fact that the, you, sometimes you just have bad guys who are just bad guys, you know? Yeah. But I think the thing that, is great about this version of Dr. Octopus is that he's so, you know, he's so thorough in his convictions. He doesn't believe what he's doing is bad. He believes what he, he's doing is necessary for humanity. Yeah. Is to, because he's trying to create like a unlimited energy source or something yeah. like that, isn't he? So like he's second son. Basically. Yeah. So he's trying to save humanity, you know, <laughs> in his strange way. And that is why I think uh, Thanos is so good. Is I mean yeah you have the thing of like well if you if you can make anything just make infinite resources yeah so I so that's always the the plot hole I guess there's but, always that but yeah. it's the idea that he's so thing that if we get rid of half of the universe 
we survive like yeah there's a there's a part of that where you kind of like even where like you at home like just on our normal little world and look at the thing and go well, there's like seven billion on people on this planet and there's not enough resources to last this amount of time he's like, might be do- right <laughs> yeah you have he, and he and he has those convictions you know whereas all the other kind of in my opinion all the other a lot of the other villains are just kind of like one note but i, I mean yeah that's yeah. what i mean there's the, the like, i'd say there are a few other ones that have kind of peeked through but those probably are the strongest where we've just had that kind of commanding like before like that not just the commanding performance behind it but the reasoning behind it is like the best ones are ones when you kind of go a little bit like yeah i kind of actually i can kind of get i kind of slightly agree with the bad guy yeah and then that's a weird like kind of position to be in (laughs) yeah but that's what makes it then that's what makes even more like scary compelling bad like you want them to be defeated because you know ultimately it's wrong but you kind of a little bit like yeah and then that makes you more interested in that villain as well like the worst ones are when they just tack on a villain yeah like he's just there for no reason we have no idea what you are or the ones which basically you're the you're you're like the anti me yeah <laughs> so i don't need to do character development because you're anti that yeah you're, like that's what venom was he was anti spider-man they they turned the venom into basically dark suit spider-man when yeah. we had had dogs <laughs> like that was what it was that yeah. was why that was like just didn't work Right, uh, so we've just done a joint fourth then. Yeah, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll go in with my backup fourth. Ah, you've got a backup. I've got go. a backup fourth because I remember the first time we did this, I think it might be the first in memoriam, we both had a, the same death um, and then you ended up being short. We went off like, we went track. track. I mean, I've got plenty of extras, so if yeah. there was any problem with that anyway, I would have been like, yeah, here we go. Yeah, I've only got one. Uh, but I can't imagine you're going to have any of the other ones I've got because you've already got Doc Ock surgery, which is the one I was 90% positive that we'd share. Um, so my backup fourth, um, and that is the uh, ring race in the Prancing Pony. So yeah, I remember seeing um, Lord of the Rings when it first came out, which was around 2001, 2000 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It was two thousand one. Yeah, so yeah. I, you know, I was I was about nine years old, and I I was loving it, absolute class film. But but the ring riffs terrified me because yeah. there was just something about the whole get up about there was this I hadn't you know I I hadn't read the books obviously I didn't know a whole lot about them but it was the whole idea of these kind of corrupted people and I was yeah. always wondering what you know. What do they look like under the things? What is it? What's going on? They always terrified me. And I think you had some um, amazing uh, bits leading up to it and kind of showing how powerful and how ruthless the ring raves are. Yeah. You know, when they're going to the Shire <clears throat> and they're trying to hunt down Frodo and the rest of the boys. Um, there's the amazing scene where they're hid- hidden under the um, the... Yeah, root. under the under, under the branch or yeah, the root, like or the mound of the tree, the yeah. tree root kind of. And thing. then you have the ring wraith peering oh, over yeah. them. That's like a that's just a classic, a classic. shot, isn't it? Yeah, that, that them peering over and not not seeing them. But then when they get to the prancing pony, um, and you know, shit shit goes down because Mary and Pippin are just showing off, you know, and the ring <laughs> ends ends up going on him. And then we have um, we have uh, Aragorn, who Aragorn. I'm sure they only ever call him Strider in this one in this. <laughs> yeah film or this one scene they called him strider I, yeah I think for most of it i don't think it's until they do the whole one ring i will protect you know the protect yeah. scene it's not until then that they actually learn a little bit more of who he is kind of thing but most of the film is yeah 
Strider! Strider! So I was tempted to go for, you know, the, when Frodo's been stabbed and you have the fight. Yeah. But there was something about this scene where the ring wraiths instantly turn around and they instantly know where Frodo is. And yeah. then Aragorn makes them hide and they they go to the gate and they just crash the gate down, killing the person under there. Yeah. And then they, they you know, the the hobbits are hiding under the bed covers. And yeah. I, I, there, there is, there's a, because this, also this bit takes place at night. Takes place at so night. So it's very, it's very dark, gloomy. I mean, I, I know that, that like just the hiding and like the, what's coming. Cause that's when they think that one of them's in the room and it turns yeah. out to be Aragorn pulls away the shit like here. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, also, and then it's that, um, that chase, isn't it? When they're running and they're, they who is it behind? Is it Mary and Pippin who were behind? But Probably. Towards, yeah, most likely. And then you've got them chasing and there's that suspense and, I mean, it's Peter Jackson as well. So yeah. again, horror roots. I mean, I just think there is something like horror directors. A lot of them don't get the chance to do certain things, but when they do, they're incredible. They're incredible. Like especially like coming over to things like fantasy or, or superhero or any of those kind of ones. They've just got an eye for something that brings an extra element. To it. Yeah. And I do think bringing this little bit of suspense and terror into it really helps these kind of films. Well, you know, it brings them like that was obviously it was already in the text. But yeah, he kind of visually brought that to life yeah. in a way that was. I- and suspense and terror just raises the stakes, you know. Yeah. And when you're dealing with something like Lord of the Rings, which is about, you know, power and control and domination and all of that, you need those stakes to be high. You yeah. Know? You want to feel like Frodo's gonna get gonna die, even though like if, if you know it, then you know he's not. And at that age, actually, I didn't know it well enough to or have any idea. I didn't I'd never read the Lord of the Rings when I saw the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, in fact, I had no idea. I remember no. going to see it in the cinema, and I had no idea what the Lord of the Rings even no, was at I was, nine years old. I, I knew my dad liked it. I'd heard That's of the Hobbit weirdly, the Book yeah. of the Hobbit, because I had a Book of the Hobbit on the shelf for like years, but I'd never heard of the Lord yeah. of the Rings. Well, my dad was a massive nerd, so I knew about it. Yeah. Um, and but basically, yeah, again, because of the books, and I went to see this in the cinema with him, and I was nine nine years old. Um, and the, I mean, the whole series does have. Bits of horror, you know, you've got you've got Shelob, Mordor's a pretty scary place in general. Yeah, you know, there is there is there's sprinklings of horror, but it's when they walk Gollum himself, Gollum himself, yeah, yeah. When they walk into the bedroom and you know, it's so muted that you just hear the steps and the clinking of the armor, oh, yeah. and then you just hear like the breathing from one of the hobbits hiding and then you hear the stabbing and just the repeatedness and yeah, I don't it's know. An amazing just, suspense, isn't it? Yeah. In that scene. The tension like is just like like what's happening. And I think when you're when you're a kid, you know, your 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 bed is kind of your safe space. Yeah. You know, when you if you were scared, um you would just hide under the covers, you know. So you have this idea that being being in there makes you safe. And your natural thing to do is, oh, if there was an intruder or something hide under the bed yeah. and it just kind of shows that you wouldn't be safe like i would be dead <laughs> the ring wraith would just kill me man yeah. ruthlessly you yeah. know and it just stuck with me no well it, it like it is i mean it's such a good good scene i mean weirdly that uh, some people like might have found it in certain ways you know sometimes it's slow at first but that's the first one i go and that's the one that ma- that's the one that made me actually like the entire series of film in some weird way for nostalgia it probably is actually my favorite that's something i like about that first one that weird kind of it's the beginning of the journey and it's a bit slower at times but it has these kind of peaks that you don't expect oh, and i know there's the, the action stuff the two towers yes is like like the action is absolutely amazing i i really love the first one 
the the third one the third one's a, it's a great film but also at the same time i don't know why i just never enjoyed i i didn't i could don't find i can rewatch that one as much for some reason yeah, it, I'll just, find it. it feels like it's like 10 different endings it just i just don't didn't it didn't feel as strong as the prior two to me like it didn't feel like i got as much from it even though it was the end of the story i weirdly like, prefer the journey to yeah, the no, story's I mean, end i think naturally <laughs> it's like return of the jedi as well you know it always seems to be that third part yeah, which is weird because that's the one that won all the awards and stuff yeah, like that. But, right. but yeah, but uh, yeah, you, you're but, right about yeah. Two Towers. I but, mean, I could watch Legolas and Gimli fight all day long. Well, like, funnily, fight together all day long. funnily enough, when I, I went on, um, I went on holiday with my friend uh, OJ. We went to Turkey. We were about 15, 16. Um, and we stayed in this villa and the, you couldn't get any signal on the TV. The only thing there was, was a uh, DVD copy of... Two Towers. So we must have watched Two Towers every single day for about a week. <laughs> but yeah, over to you, Monkey, for your yeah, next one. That's awesome. I love the way like I just call you call it. I started calling everyone Monkey. <laughs> all of my all of my close friends Monkey. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, right. Um, for my next one, uh, it is a, a film that I've only actually watched in the last couple of years. Um, but I was always told, oh, you should watch, you should definitely watch this film, and it's Deliverance. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's the well, it's obvious which scene it's going to be. It's squeal like a pig, <sighs> and it's just this kind of like the subtext of it is, is is obviously a hard thing to watch anyway. Yeah, but I think the thing that kind of almost puts it into this kind of horror realm for me, and this kind of it's just. It's the horrible, like, uncomfortableness of it that I feel like you only get in horror most of the time. Yeah. That kind of, it's a hard to watch this, but there's also something that's so scary about the idea that you could just be trapped by these people like this and forced to do, well, what yeah. they're forced to do um, in that whole, like, rape scene. Oh, yeah, it's grim. You know, watch, isn't it? you know, it, it it's it's really, it's so well acted. I mean, Warren Beatty, it's the one that gets the... Yeah. Gets it like a pig, but, um, rough, you know, it? and it, and it's so weird, because obviously it's Burt Reynolds as well, yeah. which is like, I, I was like... And that's the because thing. Because it's so used to, I feel like you're so used to the Burt Reynolds that people started to know and the Smokey and the Bandit one. Yeah. And the lie, lying with uh, nothing but a, like <laughs> yeah. to cover his genitals on a, yeah. on a bare skin rug or across a <laughs> thing. You know, that's that's the, that's the one that Rob loves. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> that, well, that's the kind of Burt Reynolds you get used to. You know, the, you the know. moustache and the, you know, you know, banging sang Sally Fields. I, I, yeah. don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that happens. I, I can't say that I've ever really watched Smoking the Bandit or Cannonball Run or any of those ones no. properly. But that's the kind of thing that you expect from Burt Reynolds. Yeah. So, and you, you, but, you, you know, Deliverance, you hear it as like, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of a, it's just a strange film in itself. You know, you, it's, it's not, hard to, to classify what I think it is because it, 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 it's not, I would say like, because it's only really this scene, but it does have the setup of one of those that we've mentioned a lot recently, like the kind of a bunch of friends go out on a trip somewhere, you know, we've got the, like the yeah. descent or open water or like people go out on a trip somewhere and it takes a horrible turn. Yeah. A lot of the film I say takes more, it, not, not so much in action, but I put this more in kind of the thriller kind of zone than a horror. Cause it's not, yeah. It's not overly full of scary scenes, but this scene is brutal to watch. Yeah, it And just, it's one of those, like, it, it's hard for people to revisit in that kind of way. Um, yeah, I think I just, 
and also uh, as we mentioned Burt Reynolds it is a case of like in this he's a pretty like kind of he almost seems like the kind of action guy yeah he's like that but he he plays that really well because it is hard to it is hard to forget that at some point he was deemed as like a, a very good actor yeah just he so, you know we get those things in some people's career when it gets bogged down by like some of the more commercial roles they do instead yeah. of the more like smaller project like this um and of course you'll never be able to get the whole squeal like a pig the noises and then with that film you've also got the yeah it's kind <laughs> the, of the banjo going off um it's a strange kind of and the boy yeah. like the boy's like the most inbred looking boy you've ever yeah. seen like you know he looks like it, if you add a, if you added you've got a horror film here if you added a few extra horror elements i mean there's almost a bit of a like texas chainsaw that you could have added into yeah. this and you've got yourself a horror film you know what i mean i feel like this film is a few steps away from that because it is basically people hunting people down and but it, it almost takes a little bit closer to more of a actiony kind of vibe towards the end that kind of like yeah. battling for their lives but it is it's again, it's this one where it's kind of like, I don't think it's a horror, but it, it, cause it's, it, it's not, it, it would be much more drama thriller because it's just not got that atmosphere. But this one scene just suddenly kicks in and you're like, shit, what is this film? Like if you were watching it and had no idea what this film was, it takes a turn that you were like, yeah, not expecting. No, it. if you told me Burt Reynolds and Warren Betty in a film, I, I, I'd be thinking, Okay, and you told me it was going to be like, oh, the, it's about them going canoeing. Or something. Yeah. I'm going to be like, oh, so this is kind of like a lost, uh, you and know, it, without a paddle kind of comedy. And that's the thing, like, Burt Reynolds has got that whole, like, bomber, like, this kind of, like, bomber jacket kind of with his arms and muscles kind of showing. And it does not look like a film where, like, anything like this is going to happen to them, like, at the no. beginning, except for some weird, like, obviously the people around them are very strange in their little village yeah. and stuff. Um, but it, like as I said, I only watched it for the first time a few years ago, but I thought it was a great film. Um, I, I really enjoyed it, but that scene did just like stick with me. Like, oh shit, that is yeah, um, that is brutal. That one, that one caught me off guard as well. I will, I will <laughs> give you props for that. That <laughs> left me a bit, a bit stunned. <laughs> no, I think, I think uh, my number I, one. I've got a mix. As I said, I got a mixture of like. I was trying not to just hone it down just to one kind of genre. Yeah. genre. My top one will get you. Um, so my next one is um so this would be my number three if i'm correct um and it is i mean some people can argue that this is a horror film but i don't believe it is it falls more into action and sci-fi definitely for me and that is the opening of terminator oh yeah i I, did this is action sci-fi like i get the first one is a bit more of a chase yeah, this is the first Terminator. Yeah, first Terminator. Obviously, the sequel is one hundred percent like Act, one yeah. of the greatest action films ever made. But the first one almost gets, sometimes feels underrated in comparison I'll, to the sequel. I'll but always the first prefer, one is. I'll always prefer the first Terminator. To yeah, the second one. And I remember um, the first time I ever watched Terminator. I must have been about six or seven, um, so I was very young. Um, I don't know. My dad let me watch it for some reason. He always says that, no, I didn't let you watch these films, but I was like, you did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we watched them back when we had a PS1. So, yeah. you know. Um, and I remember being sat there with my dad and we had the lights off. We had a massive clunky TV and it was on VHS that, you know, um, that he'd recorded it on. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it was one of those cheap ones that you buy yourself and then just record things. So every time it came to the adverts, you know, we would have to skip. 
but the opening which you know it was it was just like a black screen showing you know some of the credits and then it came into a, a like a bright light and then you see this machine and it's looking it's just like a terrifying machine you know and it's and you see it, it starts rolling it's on like a mountain of skulls oh yeah, yeah and then it's you know it's all of these searchlights and then you see the man running i believe that it is kyle reese but yeah. You see him, you know, you see this man being chased and then it opens up with this, um, with this dial, you know, this um, like writing on screen. And it's about how, you know, from the, the fire, resistance of the, where yeah, it says the... the machines rose <laughs> from the fire, you yeah. know, and it was just terrifying. <laughs> and then after this, and it's only about 50 seconds, but I remember, I just remember being terrified. We then get, for me, the greatest theme tune for a film ever <laughs> the terminator theme oh yeah and then we get the sci-fi opening and just the whole thing just terrified me you know oh, yeah. i still this the film terrified me the first time i watched it and there were bits where i was thinking maybe i could put the end of the film as it you know when the truck blows up and you're kind of like oh they've killed him and then the actual you know the exoskeleton the, yeah, rises up. up because that is just i mean my thing with the with terminator 2 is yes it's a great action film but that's the problem is it becomes too much it's just too much action and for me the stakes aren't there because you've what they should have done is they should have ended the series with a terminator being sent back because Mm. the whole idea that this is just a man who can't defeat this thing you know he hasn't got any future weapons he hasn't got any of this yeah. or he's just got to keep her safe it's it's just so the stakes are just so much higher you know and i just remember from seeing the opening of the film just being terrified um it's been one of my favorite films ever since but it, it was just it's just got this such dark kind of gothic mixed with industrial yeah oh i love those those are the part those parts of the film where they did that whole the futuristic the the mountain of skulls the things like that that's one scene that any number of them tried to recreate and never could do like no and that was almost the part of the film where like in a way like we like if they ever had gone full sci-fi with it, I kind of wanted to see a, a war that looked like that but they never created that no. on the screen again they never created that war properly i was like the only thing i'd want to see if it was like i'm actually just seeing the future is i want to see that battle i want to see the mountain of skulls i want to see you know death upon death but i want to see it as like almost a high horror sci-fi you know with the action but the horror of war yeah in that sci-fi way um i thought uh you were going to go the body horror of when the terminator which in some ways yes yes i know this part does look quite fake at times but obviously he, for it yeah. for its time and the fact that the first one was not made with near anywhere near the budget no. of any of the other films are um the bit when he's in the bathroom oh, and he's, he's playing with his, his, his arm and his eye and the that's a, a cool body well. body horror awesome um i mean Probably. i didn't see i didn't see the first like i this is the thing i remember judgment day because I'd seen Judgment Day like a million times from a young age. Yeah. The third Terminator I didn't see until I was in secondary school. So I didn't see the first, the original, until I was like in secondary school when I was showed it one night. And I, um, I think it was like Andrew Jackson like oh, had shout, showed it to me. And I was like, shout out Andrew Jackson. Still <laughs> play D and D with you. <laughs> and I was just like, I was, I, I was just like kind of drawn in by this like, oh shit! I didn't even realize this one existed. 
that one's definitely is close. It's definitely the closest to horror out of any of the rest yeah. of the sequels. It's a it's a robot chasing a thing, but it is again. It kind of falls in that kind of blurred lines of between yeah. like where does it fall? Is this just a sci-fi? Because sci-fi itself has horror elements to it just yeah. generally because we bring those in or fantasy or any of them they all have horrors kind of that's why it's kind of a fluid thing isn't it yeah you know um that's a good choice now <laughs> Num- now number two for the eat man my number two see the, we were right about the numbers throwing me off because now i'm like wait is that my number two is that my number three <laughs> no because you, you started so you're number two okay so <laughs> I'm literally trying to remember what my last film I just covered was because I'm welcome to uh, oh Deliverance yeah yeah, yeah. Welcome I'd to already Catherine forgot about Deliverance unedited yeah exactly <laughs> I'd already forgot about Deliverance so everyone yeah everyone's screaming oh you just did Deliverance yeah no I forgot about Deliverance <laughs> for his seconds um, you see now this is this is now me in a kind of situation where actually I've literally just, as we were talking about one, I've decided on a completely new one. Okay. And I prefer it to Let's what I'm looking at. Do, do it. Let's because, it again, is. it's got background in horror, but it's not a horror film. Okay. It's The Green Mile. Oh. This scene just popped into my head, and I was like, I don't think any film has ever scarred me as much as this scene in the film. And I'm betting you can probably guess the scene in the film in The Green Mile. That's really... Or maybe you don't, maybe you don't know the film that well. The only thing I'm <laughs> guessing is John Coffey's death. Yeah. Oh. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There is John Coffey. I was about yeah. to say the wrong phrase. I was mixing up names in my head then. Um. Yeah. It is. It's that scene. It's the without the wet sponge scene, and it oh, is. Yeah. It popped uh, when we were talking about one second ago. It just literally came into my head, and I was like, actually, you know what? I don't think I can think of a film where literally a scene where I struggle to watch a scene as much as I struggle to watch that. And I have watched it again. Yeah. But that is a scene where literally like one of those ones where I just don't want to watch i've only watched the film once because it, um, it it's yeah. violent and it's horrible and it's like terrifying and i know it's stephen king obviously so we know he's good yeah <laughs> that's terrifying he's one of the masters <laughs> you know he, he really is and, and this is this is an amazing adaptation you know um frank darabont you know who also did uh, the Shawshank Redemption and the Mist. I mean, the dude is like, I wish like he had control over more Stephen King yeah. films because he's amazing at making Stephen King films into great adaptations. Because um, we very much know that the Shawshank Redemption that we love was only way shorter, and he actually made yeah. it into something better than it even was originally. But um, the Green Mile again, although it has some, it almost has some more supernatural elements to it in the yeah. story. Um, it's it's definitely it's in no way a horror it's a drama yeah definitely you know, it's it's a, it's a drama with some supernatural elements um but this scene um is just oh, i mean it, it it's so brutal and the last time i watched it so um i've told you before about us doing like this top 100 films of all time and green mile was on that list yeah. so i i rewatched it recently and i forgot how long it actually lingers on this death yeah. So, um, so when um, I'm blanking on the name of the, he's a complete asshole. The, the I can't remember the name. And I can't remember his name. The guy himself looks like smarmy and like he does. Like, he, he, he looks a lot like uh, uh, thinking of like Lord of the Rings. He looks a bit like Brad Dorf, but <laughs> as a, does, a worm tongue. As Mr. Wormtongue, yeah, Mr. Wormtongue. But, but um, he plays he plays the um, 
I mean, there's so many. Like, I mean, weirdly enough, like Tom Tom Cruise, Tom, Tom Cruise. Hanks, uh, yeah, Tom Steve. Hanks, although very good in this film, is almost a background watcher of this film. He's not actually for who he is. Yeah, um, he's not actually like front. Uh, he's not right in the front. Uh, obviously, you're, you're looking at the, you're, you're showing me the list of the names. Uh, here. I'm and to. Sam Rockwell and Barry Prepper and such a good cast. Michael Clark Duncan's amazing. Oh, Michael Clark, great big guy. I'm forgetting, I'm touch, I just touched the screen. <laughs> forgetting yours is a touch screen. So Doug Hitch, Hutchinson is it? Yes, it yes, is because he plays Victor Toombs on the X Files. I always remember yeah. Victor Toombs as Victor terrifying. Toombs, yeah. Um, yeah. So Doug Hutchinson, um, but he's just like the second you see him, it is that it is that classic like story character of he like he's the the, the son of a of a warden or something like that. So he yeah. also or he's the friend of a son of a warden. He automatically gets the job just because he doesn't even want the job. He just wants to do it so he can do something else. Yeah. So he doesn't give two shits about these people, and he gets a kick out of making their life hell. Yeah. Um. We obviously get the like. Another like hard scene to watch in it is when they kill the mouse. When he kills the mu- the mouse, yeah. Um, I said mice. That's plural. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Michael Clark Duncan's amazing character brings the mouse out to it, so yeah. that scene gets better. But there's no bringing John Coffey back to life no. in the way he is. Um, and it's the case of he he keeps saying this asshole keeps saying that he wants to be the one to do it. He wants to be the one to be yeah. more involved with it, and they give him a chance. And how does he respond? Just because John Coffey in one scene gets a little bit of a leg up on him, he decides to take it out in this way by when he's asked, has he put the wet sponge on his head? He hasn't. He's yeah. just put a dry sponge oh. with the electric going through it. And it just, it plays out so slowly where we just have this depth where he just starts shaking, but straight away smoke starts appearing. And like, but because they've, they say, because they've started it, we can't, even by the time we turn it off, it's still going to be pulsating into it. Yeah. And it still takes them longer than it feels like it should for them to turn it off because they don't seem to think they think this soon chaos is happening before they think, oh shit, what's that? Um, and it's just that he has the bag over his head, but it starts burning through the bag. I thought he didn't have the bag on. Oh yeah, he says, "Don't put the bag." Oh yeah, yeah, I don't want to be. He doesn't have the bag. I don't want to be in the dark. Of course he does. It's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking because yeah, and then you see, is an innocent. You know, he's innocent, and it's this. Yeah, yeah, well, he's he, and he's he's got so, like you kind of get the like you. It's made clear that he is in jail, but he's in jail like a lot of people at that time who had a you know who who were like uh, had a like a disability, and yet they treated that as a criminal kind of thing. Yeah, they didn't understand. He didn't understand half the things they were doing. And he and he was black as well, man. So that's the double one. You know? <laughs> They've got a. It was a time because it's set during the fifties, isn't it? Yeah, and there's the whole kind of the 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 racial side of the story where it's is that he's been accused of killing two uh, two little white girls, isn't there? And obviously, you know that, that is something that what still takes place today, but happens a lot happened a lot more back then. Yeah, um, I just realised I'm ta- I am talking. You know, earlier when I thought I got confused, I'm talking about the wrong character. So I, you're thinking of a different character than I'm thinking I of. Yeah, so I'm thinking of uh, Edward. <laughs> I'm thinking of Edward Delacroix, and he's uh, played by Michael Jeter, and he's the one that gets the dry sponge on his head. It's been it's been a long time since I've watched the film. So. Yeah, so that, that makes sense. But I was thinking that I was thinking John Coffey's the uh, Michael 
uh, Michael Clark Duncan character. But then I was like, I oh, know maybe we are talking about the same character. And I got myself confused there. But you're right. Like the to be fair, the Michael Clark Duncan is not an easy one to watch here because he doesn't want to be in the dark. That's a horrible scene oh, to watch. But this scene is almost horrific. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of a completely different <laughs> film. <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan does get taken to his death down the Green Mile, but yeah. he doesn't burst in like this guy bursts into flames. Yeah, but they don't put a wet sponge on Michael Clark Duncan either, do they? I can't yeah. remember. Uh, yeah, they do. Okay, he, he, they get, do. he gets he gets the he gets the full on electro death, but in that one you get like the sparks where it's almost like something's fighting it, like it doesn't yeah. want him to go. Whereas this guy is the guy that gets the the, the dry sponge, um, the the Edward. He gets the um, and he. He literally, so he did. I thought he did. So he does have the bag on his head. And yeah, it literally okay. starts burning through, but you start oh. to see like his burning flesh of his skin. I need to rewatch it. Then. You know, so it's, it. I mean, it's a long film. It's like three hours. It's a, it's a tasty film. Um, it is a tasty one. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So here you go. Again, unedited. See, we've got, we've got a good track record in this one. But um, yeah, Edward De- Delacruz, he, he's such a nice, he's almost like, John Coffey's just like, as we said, kind of has a, you know, he's got some like special needs. And so, so does this character. They yeah. both do the similarities between both. That's why they get along and they're treated so, so nicely with each other. But he just gets like, he, he's such a, like a harmless little character. Um, and it's just the fact, and he, he has this little mouse that he looks after. That's why John Coffey inherits him when he dies. Um, very vaguely remember but it's house. just the whole room gets filled with smoke people start rushing out and you're just left with this basically charred corpse yeah and it, that this is the scene like the i don't like watching the john coffee death either it's a, it's a hard film to watch but this scene is really just brutal and horrific like you're like how could you do that to someone you you know you've just fried they're basically getting electrocuted but fried alive at the same time so he's still living while his flesh is burning around him he's still alive basically until they yeah. stop it and you see that he's still going it's, it's horrible <laughs> i'm gonna have to rewatch it i haven't seen it for years yes. i would say I, I mean i think that's the case i hadn't watched it in such a long time but it i'd say to people out there go and have a little rewatch of the green marley so it's, it's a very good film <laughs> yeah um now my number two is the is from the film that I've recently been watching? Um, my my friend Al told told me about because it's one of his favorite trilogies, um, and there is a new one coming out, and um, that is from the Matrix. I have that on my list as well. I wonder <laughs> if it'll be the same one, um, because now is uh, so it came out in nineteen ninety nine, and I only ever watched the first one, and I didn't really yeah. get it because I was seven, but I thought it was really cool. And then the rest of it, I didn't watch the other two because I heard they weren't great. And I kind of, because of that, I, was, I wasn't really interested in watching it. Mm. Um, and then I said to my friend Al, we were speaking about it. And he said, oh, you know, about The Matrix. And, he, you know, we, we were talking about it and it was good. And I was like, you know, I'm going to rewatch it. I rewatched the first one and it's incredible. Oh yeah, amazing film. Um, it's, a, it's it's a proper sci-fi masterpiece. Yeah, shout out to the Bukowski sisters. Um, and then I re I rewatched Matrix Reloaded, and I might watch Revolutions tonight. Um, but this scene yeah. is, and th- this is the one that terrified me when I was young, and it's when um Neo first gets picked up by Mister Smith, yeah. and they take him into the um they take him into like the you know the interrogation room. And they're talking to him and he says, you know, you can have two offers. You can help us to kind of find, more, you know, this Morpheus 
and then after you know we will allow you to wake up and forget that all of this has ever happened or you know we can you know destroy you basically yeah. and he and neo's getting a bit smarmy because you know he's a, he's he's that kind of edgy hacker dude that you got yeah. in the 1990s and he goes you know <laughs> we well, can fuck off or something like that and then they say well, it's got to be i think he says something like it'll it'll be it's hard to answer without a mouth and then we oh, go yeah. back yeah. and neo's mouth and the cgi he looks okay now yeah. but but neo's mouth starts to form over Oh, yeah. And he starts to, you know, and he's, he stretches it. He stretches it. And we it, get this skin pulling apart at the yeah. lips in the. And then he runs back and he gets against the wall. And then they pull him and you know they hold him. And then now this is something that my my dad always used to do to me when I was young. He did he did he did show so my mouth, <laughs> but he um he did something that he because he was big in Doctor Who and there was something called the ball worms in it. Yeah. Now I don't know what they are because I never watched it. And I didn't, I didn't care to watch it, but he would get his finger and he would, you know, like make it move like a worm. And then he'd go towards my belly button yeah. saying, it's, release the boar worms. Yeah. And they, the boar worms burrowed through people. So it always terrified me. And I always get a bit weird when something's in my belly button. Yeah. Even now it feels weird. Um, and they release, you know, the agents release this weird mechanical robot bug thing. And it burrows inside of Neo. Yeah. And I, 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 blood splatters out. Blood the, splatters out. We, this is the, we've got the exact, this is the exact same yeah. one. This is the scene that just like, literally, like like you're saying about that. And I used to have the same thing. Like, I think my dad used to do the same He's bloody the thing ball, to me. Ball yeah, ball thing. But yeah, literally like this. And this is, this is like my neck thing. Belly button and neck are the two things that's like, don't, don't fucking don't touch. touch. Don't yeah. fucking touch. You try like the, Try and mess around with it, like nope. Like if, if Charlotte ever like tried to get like that, I was like, nah, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't trust you. I said no, go nah, like, be gone. <laughs> don't touch my neck. Don't touch there. Like <laughs> yeah, and it's oh, it's just such a horrifying oh, it is. moment. And but, I yeah, you just the idea of something going in or coming out of your belly button like that. Yeah. It's just like oh, it's, it, it it made me cringe to this day. Like this is why it was one of those that just stuck with me because. Well, it literally did scar me for life. It yeah. literally made me never want, like, no, don't fucking touch. <laughs> well, when I was watching it, I completely forgot about the scene. And watching it took me back to when we first watched it on, I believe, home video. I mean, if you've if you've listened to any of our shows, then, you know, growing up with home videos and VHS stores around the corner, been getting the Matrix and having the hype of it, yeah. you know, was amazing. But then seeing this scene just terrified me and i guess i must have like buried it <laughs> yeah. because it's such a horrid scene oh yeah it, it is i mean because i guess it's because it's not the part that you necessarily remember in the film yeah uh obviously because there are just so there are so, so many, many iconic, iconic shots moments in this film you know, you've got the first time he dodges and it's very ones. near the beginning yeah. of the film before we enter any of the world of the matrix or yeah, any of that kind of stuff or however you interpret the matrix that is but um but yeah it, it's such a and, and you do kind of forget that the film itself is quite actually like the greens and the like that those colors um and and the way it kind of is it is kind of like as if like early in the film it's very like they're kind of all trapped inside of this like boxed off world and then the matrix kind of opens up to a different yeah it's got a weird kind of 
the film itself has got a weird kind of way that it kind of goes through pacing wise that does kind of feel a bit claustrophobic at times and a bit yeah. as it builds into this bigger world for Neo. Um, I would say that, like you just said, you rewatched, I rewatched the whole trilogy again recently because my matrix again was on that list. Yeah. Uh, but it was just the first one that was on the list, but I wanted to watch the whole trilogy. Yeah. Um, I, I obviously like, although I knew that they're not great and yes, no, they're not nearly as, they're not as good as the first one, but they're Ooh. also some good sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. But the thing I thought about reloaded was it was, it didn't quite have the same magic as the first one. And I think that's more because you had more CGI in it. Oh yeah, um, there is the terrible like the even yeah. at the time was not great. Easy, yeah, right? Neo looks like a PS2. Go around the pole, that, yeah, the PS2 go around the pole but, and hit them. The, but what I did love was you get this fusion of kind of um, industrial kind of horror, you know, with the futuristic and that kind of industrial sci-fi thing, and the fact that I mean, loads of them are wearing trench coats and <laughs> rage against I mean, the machines. Always the playing. only thing I think about the the like things like that is like, and with the special effects and stuff like that is though the film had such big ambitions, and I just I think the problem is that with some shots, some shots still actually look absolutely oh, amazing. Yeah. And some shots just don't wait. And I think, and this isn't uncommon for a big blockbuster to have some because you've got to pick your battles. Which one's going to look amazing and which one's going to be? Sadly, that one thing we just talked about should have been one that looked stronger than it did. But they were so ambitious at the time that, like, I can't really fault them for the fact that they were trying to create something beyond its time a little bit. Definitely. And it is. I mean, it's so many special effects shots in those films. I know you haven't watched the, the last one, but the last one is just chock full of them. But, there are some amazing giant action scenes that are just and, like, holy shit. And that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's definitely shaped a lot of cinema. I mean, if you're looking at... I mean, I know they they, pro- they might have been quite heavily influenced by Hard Boiled and stuff and those kind of films. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you get a lot of the bullet time and that sort of stuff, but also the, the, the kind of fusion of this kind of action with martial arts i forgot just how much martial arts was actually in it oh, yeah you know but you get it and it and it's that kind of martial arts from the the kind of late 90s that that kind of um crouching tiger hidden dragon style mm. where it's it's martial arts but it's also a bit kind of bending the realms of what's possible obviously because the, they can but it's that sort of stuff um, I think before we go on to our number ones, we should pop over to the social media lounge. Yes, let's do that. Um, so obviously, if you follow us on Twitter or Instagram at CMTH Podcast, you know that we often put up what we're talking about in our episodes, um, and then we will kind of go through them and, and read out some of some of the people's choices. You know, we are the people's champions. <laughs> um, so, I mean, one that I, I would give a shout out to is... Um, our boy uh, Philippe over in New Jersey, um, who runs Scary Friends, Scaring Friends, definitely go and check them out. They've just started; they've just released um, their fourth episode, but they co- you know they cover all sorts of films. I know we haven't quite gone over there yet, but they've covered some kind of Korean films and Spanish films, um, so I definitely go check them out. And his suggestion was the uh, was Tim's death from Hot Fuzz. Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I I would say that's a horror film. I wouldn't say I it's, it's, film. it's an action film, but it's, it's a an action film. film. I'd say it's an action film. Like, there's literally like the guy gets like his head imploded, someone gets their throat cut, and it's a guy that's pretty much dressed like almost ghost face. Yeah, but I would say it's more action. 
I mean, it, it, it's a blend, but Edgar, Edgar, Edgar Wright makes like mixed together films, and like I like I definitely like for me that's a that's an that's a it's an action film, but it's also a horror film. See, I've always included um, so because it's the Cornetto trilogy, isn't it? So Shaun of the Dead for me was always horror comedy. Um, Hot Fuzz was action comedy, and um, The World's End was sci-fi, sci-fi comedy, comedy. You know. Yeah. So, so I I still feel like there's so many deaths in that film. It's like to me, it's definitely like more of a a horror comedy kind of thing, a horror action comedy that's like spliced together of several things than just. Whereas World's End, that's so much why World's End so felt so weird because the first two had such a kind of horror edge to them that the third one just felt like weirdly out yeah. of place. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, it looks like we may have to agree to disagree, my friend. I mean, even look at you've got a shot of it right there. I mean, that is graphic horror. Yeah, but it's <laughs> an, in an action film. <laughs> yeah, how often do we have action films that have like major horror, like like that kind of thing, or has a slasher killer that goes around? Like, yeah, I see. I see. You that. know what I mean? Like, it, it, that's why it's just. It, that's why I like Hot Fuzz yeah. so much because it's like a slasher <laughs> film as well. Um, so we had. Um, we had two suggestions, so We Needed Roads podcast, another UK um, shout out, and um, Sounds Creepy podcast. They both suggested the same thing, which I actually put that I was about 90% sure you were going to mention. And it was the um, it was the um, Kalima from um, Temple of Doom, the heart repel, because oh, yeah. that's got some heavy ones. Kalima. Kalima. <laughs> and then the classic... Um, when they open the yeah. uh, uh what's it called the ark the ark and it melts them all yeah. you know that's so yeah. we had two Indiana so that was, that was on mine although i i would say that i've got a bunch and i was literally just going down it so you've made my option a lot easier to say <laughs> my next yeah. one because uh raiders what? of the last ark that scene the face mount yeah. scene is like although kalimar is raiders of the last ark, last ark one is a better film and also it's uh it's just such a like it's just so like what the fuck like the film has got some of those elements but as the first one it like gave us that idea that this isn't just an action film we yeah. can have these kind of creepy and also because it's meant to be a film that's kind of open to like a lot of audiences that's quite a graphic weirdly graphic it scene. is i mean so is the cali mar scene in that but face melt off versus heart ripped out i feel like face melt off is yeah there's like more like weirdly like what the fuck. <laughs> then again, you can close your eyes, can't you? <laughs> yeah. If you notice, you can you close, close your eyes. eyes. You can't right. close your eyes and have your heart stopping. Well, well we know this whole thing. We also know the whole the basically you take Indiana Jones out of the film and the whole film everything still happens in the same yeah. order. So like you know, what I mean, it's Indiana Jones and the Rangers of the Lost Ark. It could just be. And lots of people do call it Rangers of the Lost Ark, but it could literally just be Rangers of the Lost Ark, no Indiana Jones, <laughs> and we still watch the Nazis go and kill themselves, <laughs> yeah, basically. Which is always still good. a good film. Um, and this one, I wonder if you all have this, because I know Charlotte's really into Disney, isn't she? So yeah. you might watch a lot of them. But um, And this is from Scare Traducing, which is a Scot- Scottish-based podcast. Um, go and check them out. Um, I believe they're Scottish-based. I'm not too sure. Um <laughs> But, um, <laughs> well, they've got a Scottish flag and a Mexican flag in the thing. So it could be Scottish, that one's Scottish, Mexican one's Mexican. Fusion, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what kind of food that would be. It'd be like a haggis burrito. Yeah. Haggis tacos. <laughs> haggis tacos. Um, <laughs> and that's not racist. No, it's not racist at all. <laughs> and um, this is um, the Sleeping Beauty scene where um, she pricks her finger. 
and then it yeah. starts to go through that kind of weird trip um and then the demon woman shows her name yeah i mean that's a, that's a good one. i mean i had um disney i mean i haven't put a disney one on my list but that's just because i couldn't actually choose because disney's got a bunch of ones with really scary creepy it I does mean, doesn't Pin- it? i mean pinocchio with the island where they all turn into donkeys is weird that freak, dark. i remember that freaking, it's a yeah. really freaky dark scene bambi's mum bambi's mum again like shot. that scene is quite really dark uh the the hunchback of notre dame opens with a woman being killed and the guy basically saying basically leave her to die in the streets and take her child i can't really remember the hunchback so yeah i mean it, it's a dark it's actually really dark for an animation yeah. but and as we said before with like toy story obviously pixar to be more specific for those people that are very it's <laughs> pixar not disney yes it is but they picked up the same mantle as disney by going there's darkness in this film and you know there are plenty of really dark yeah. scenes in these like films yeah so disney is a is a hunting ground for like some really dark yeah. you know, scenes uh oh is that uh, i was was waiting for another one like who who else is talking we had four but they're all good suggestions (laughs) now over to you for your number one okay my number one okay so uh this is is me picking back and forth you know me i've always got some mentions i've always got like a bunch of ones that i just can never decide between and it's like they're all like kind of equal footing with me um if anything actually before before i say my number one um oh no i'm not going to say them before because i'm in case just in, in case, case you've got we, we come i don't want to ruin yours yeah we come back we'll come back for honorable mention at the end but um uh, my uh number one choice uh is a film that i absolutely loved and it is going back to childhood again um and it is uh jumanji oh and it is the uh, the scene when the floor turns to quicksand oh yeah and when robin williams gets stuck in the floor uh, but it's not just stuck in the floor, obviously, as we find out. There's lots of, like, cool little, like, kind of dark moments in this yeah. film. You know, even just the backstory of him. That that opening scene, actually, with him as a child, when he gets sucked in, is a hell of a creepy scene. Yeah. You've got the bats that come out of, out of the uh, fireplace as he's screaming and getting whirled around. You, you've got... You've got Sarah, the girl who's with him, kind of screaming her head off as she runs and the door kind of closes behind her in some kind of weird, creepy, supernatural way. Yeah. And just the fact that he's then basically tells us that he's lived in the jungle for like 30 years by himself. Yeah. You know, it's just <laughs> like, but, you know, that he's had like a pretty like weird, like dark life so far is yeah. kind of that. Uh, and the film has this kind of nice kind of dark. I think that's what I like about it so much is that it actually has this kind of, this kind of emotional story underneath it, this kind of dark depth of like yeah. these dark things that have kind of happened. Like the whole town is, since that's happened, has just gone into like ill repute kind of thing. It's the whole town is like pretty much like a lot of it's shut down. A lot, there's no real business there anymore. I, yeah, I haven't watched Jumanji for years. I'm gonna have to rewatch it. I mean, yeah, the, the, I mean, the the new ones, obviously, with the rock and stuff, they're great fun yeah. for what they are, but the original Jumanji just it has that this extra layer that those ones don't quite have but yeah. I, I like them but i like to think of them slightly as separate kind of types yeah. of films but this one's just full of like so many creatures from the the, the, the jungle the amazon that are coming out of there i remember the spiders terrifying. yeah this the, well this is the this is why this one's my scene because it is so he as as they're playing that the floor that they're on the floorboards that are on start to turn into this kind of quicksand i mean it looks really cool because the floorboards basically just stay the same it kind of turns into an effect and he starts to sink to the point where he's up to his neck and then it, just his face yeah 
And then that's when uh, that's when we roll the next one. And what's that? And they can just hear like click, 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 clacking all over the room. Ugh. And then this is when these spiders start to come out. These kind of they're kind of weird because they're almost like like crabs, like that kind of like extra long kind of creepy yeah. looking thing. But they just start to crawl and they crawl all over his oh. face. And we even get this kind of drool stuff that starts coming down. He's trying to breathe at the same time. And yeah, like, he's completely like stuck and. You'd like got like the sweat around his face, and he's like he himself is kind of drooling because he's trying very hard. He even has a bit when he like has to spit the dice out of his mouth. Yeah. Um, and obviously the kids are so freaked out, but he's just stuck. He's trapped. He's trapped, watching all of this happen around him, and there's nothing he can do while these spiders are kind of crawling all over him. And um, I mean, again, I'm not really a major like. I I'm not that bad with. I haven't got arachnophobia. I'm not that bad with uh, yeah spiders. Um. But at the same time, it's not. I'm not scared of spiders. But there's no denying that when you walk into a room in the middle of the night and there's a giant freaking spider just like happens to be crawling down the wall next to you, you get a bit of a oh shit. Well, the well, sneaky, you, you bastard. Yeah, the sneaky little bastards. Aren't yeah, they? they are. So you know, this kind of idea of it crawling over, I know for some people would have been absolute. Oh my god, what the fuck? A spider crawling all over my space face. I mean, there's that old like urban legend of the, the idea that like. You swallow, you get, you swallow like a, it's a large number as well. It was sort of like a thousand spiders a I year crawl like in. Two. <laughs> no, I swear, I swear it's like a, it was. A, that's why I was like, that's was, not true. That was back in the day when urban legends were like, well, you can just look it just, up on Google. <laughs> no, you just talk to people, and it's yeah. like, oh my god. But now it's like you just talk rare. to people. And like yeah. now, but it would be like people. you would you would tell me that there was a thousand, and then I'd go and tell somebody. And it would just get so bigger and, and bigger. It would just get bigger and bigger and it would get more believable, you know, because all of a sudden it's not, oh, like my friend told me. It's like, oh, I read this, like, you know, science yeah. paper. And then it just becomes real, you know? But so even if it's just two, the idea that in your, in your every year, two spiders just go in there and go. It's, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, fuck. Like, what else is flying in my mouth? Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's horrid, man. I'm being, I'm being raped by a spider at <laughs> yeah. night. It's not good. Um, but, um, yeah, the whole thing, they start having to like cut him out and stuff. And there's a, an extra kind of, you can see it on his face because one, practical effects. Robert Williams has literally been kind of, you can tell that he's literally been placed just from the way he's moving and stuff. Like he's struggling to move his face even, like he's struggling to move that. And he does get like, they get stung. So it, yeah. it causes like a paralysis. So he's kind of starts to get like that. And it's just, I think the practical effects adds a layer and also the fact that Robert Williams was such a fantastic performer. Yeah, he was. He was that you're just like, you're scared for him, but you feel the kind of claustrophobia that he probably feels just being trapped and stuck. You know, yeah. and that's a horrible idea that suddenly you're just going to be like, it's the idea of, it's, it's like the, um, what is it? The, um, what's the word for the people that can phase, like in like, if it was a superpower, like phase through walls and things like that. Well, that's one word for it, but there is a specific <laughs> word. Like, you phase through walls. Yeah. But it's that idea when someone says, imagine if you could just walk through like everything, like a ghost, you can just yeah. phase through, like go that. But then there's that, when someone goes, yeah, but imagine if you phase through a wall and got stuck in the middle of the wall. Oh, yeah. And you're trapped. Like, it's the same idea of like with the descent when we were talking about being trapped in there. And this yeah. is basically what it is. It's like that. It's oh, that my God. powerless. Like, you it? are trapped. It's like being stuck in a coffin buried under the ground and you're just stuck. Yeah, like, which I was always afraid of when I was young. Yeah, because I thought it, oh, that's it, gonna it's happen. Horrible. There's a there's, there's actually uh, there's a great uh, Ryan Reynolds film called Buried. Yeah, Buried, which is really cool. Like, it, which is its own kind of like it's not a horror film, but it's horrible to watch. It's very kind of claustrophobic, thing. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because the whole film's just him in a box. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's like that idea is just 
it's a horrible feeling and I just think there are so many elements. This is again, this is what was great about 90s films is that there was so many 90s films that had this weird, you know, films we could have added or 80s films like, um, like you know, uh, like Labyrinth. Yeah. Or Dark Crystal, like these weird puppets. And I'm like, what the fuck are you? Like, you, you look creep- back at them, it's creepy. Like, yeah. Horrible, like disgusting things or even like TV where we're like Ren and Stimpy with their close-ups of the human body that just give, probably grotesque. gave a generation OCD because yeah. of how grotesque, like, They'd show all the bacteria on close-up of their face and stuff like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's kind of grim, wasn't it? But yeah, in the 90s, we had so many of our children film had like this weird, dark present underneath them. And I think that's probably why the 90s, like, children films are, pro- are like, they're not just our generation, but they're some of the greatest <laughs> ever made. Yeah. Which we don't have enough of nowadays. There's not enough dark elements to the yeah. films. <laughs> they're a bit, I think, I guess because it's now so much more expensive to do films yeah they can't i don't think they take as many chances you know no it's more we're now seeing where those chances are now moving more to the ones that's not in cinema but the ones on like streaming and stuff like that might take more chances yeah to be a little bit more out there kind of thing yeah definitely you're <laughs> number one okay now this is um this is a scene that um absolutely uh terrified me when i was young and I showed it to Anna recently, maybe <laughs> when did I see her last? A couple of days ago, and it still terrified me. It still freaked me out. <laughs> and this is a scene. If I, I'll tell you the film, we'll see if you can guess the scene. And it's from Ace Ventura, nineteen ninety four. Ace Ventura. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, that one stumped me a bit because literally, I think Ace Ventura. I think him climbing out of the. Right right ass. Ass. No. Like sweat, like no. you're scared of it being sweaty. Like you one day wake up and turn the rhino's ass. Turn the rhino's ass. That is actually when nature calls. The oh, is it the sequel? Is, is the it? sequel. So the first Ace Ventura, um, he is after a dolphin called I don't kind of fucking remember <laughs> Spoopy or something. I don't know what you call dolphin. Spoopy. Spoopy with, um, with um, Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox and. Um, he goes, you know, he goes to this soiree, this kind of fancy dinner party, and yeah. he goes, um, he goes back behind this door that says "Do not enter," and he thinks, you know, that's where they're keeping it. And he goes there, and it's a gigantic pool with black water, really dark water, <laughs> and there's a there's a there's a walkway over it, and there's a um, bucket of fish. Yeah. So he thinks I have found Spoopy or whatever his name is. Um, and it still fucking terrifies me. And it terrified me when I was young. And he, so he climbs up, you know, the ladder and he starts walking along and he's holding a fish, you know, and going, and going calling its name um, Spoopy, whatever it is. I'm just calling it Spoopy now. <laughs> um, and you see these shots of looking up from the water at him. And then very reminiscent of a fa- another famous shot in Jaws is where he's holding it and he turns around to look and a massive great white shark jumps <laughs> out and he lo- he falls in the water. Um, and this, I, I just have this thing about water and being in darkness. Even yeah. deep blue sea still freaks me out, man, because I'm just convinced. I used to go swimming, and whenever I had swimming lessons, I was convinced that um, sharks would come out of the little holes that, <laughs> you know, um, would filter water out. 
I was yeah. convinced sharks would come out of there. And at night, I was convinced <laughs> that a shark would be in the pool. And I think it's because of this. <laughs> you know, I would always, this this scene just terrified me. If you wow. haven't watched it, you can find it on YouTube. And it's just so well done. I mean, it gets, it gets a bit comical when the shark attacks him. I was going to say, I, I do remember the scene, but I, I can't remember. I just remember it like, thinking it was funny, the way the shark jumps Fucking up. Fucking terrifying, so... man. <laughs> I, don't, I guess to me, like, this is what I mean. Like, but This is why it's subjective, isn't it? Like Certain people see it in certain ways. <sighs> it depends on if it hits on the nerve, doesn't it? Like yeah, it's good for me, man. Like, jar, like I'm guessing Jaws must have been a fucking... <laughs> Jaws still, still, still terrified. Well, yeah, Jaws is still terrified. Jaws yeah. is awesome. It's a... By the way, Snowflake. Snowflake. <laughs> I had to look it up because Spoopy or Spoopy. 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 That's where it's Spoopy Snowflake. And they both start with S. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is that's mine. It, honestly, if you can if you can watch it, it's absolutely terrifying. And the film itself is is decent. I mean, I tried to watch it again, but I just had no interest because I was like. Want to watch the Matrix? Um, <laughs> but this scene is just so terrifying, and I definitely go recommend watching it. Um, do you want to go through a couple of the honorable mentions before we? Yeah, before we, we can. Do. I mean, obviously, before we came into this episode, there was a kind of like a, we said originally. We kind of said that this would be open, but we kind of decided to then close it back down because we came up with film ideas, um, and I had a few of the TV ones, but we kind of decided that in the future. We're going to we'll do come a TV back episode. and do. We'll do a TV because there are so many good horror TV shows, obviously, but there are also really great horror scenes or horrific scenes or scary scenes or graphic scenes that appear in TV shows as well. Yeah. And you know, there are some great ones out there. So we will return to this feature in the return. future. It will return. Um, so, so a few of my little honourable mentions. Um, the ones that pop in my head. Um, this one is another children's film, which was my very close other one, and it's Matilda. Oh yeah, Matilda was horrid. Yeah, Matilda is like one of my just literally one of my favorite films of all time. I think Jumanji is as well. Yeah. So certain children film crossover to I pretty much just love that film. Um, but <laughs> Matilda um, and the key scene. I was kind of going between two scenes. One is just the choking. Yeah, the choking, the choking is like you know for a child is nails inside of a door being trapped all around it there's no way you can lean back you literally have to stand in position all the time for hours it's you still would lock them in there for hours put them in the choking obviously because it's a kids film there is a likeness played to it at times yeah. but it literally the idea that okay trap i put you in one for eight hours if you move if you fall asleep if you drop you're gonna land on nails in your skull probably yeah like it's pretty like brutal and it's also the fact that if you look on the wall they have added details where someone's obviously like caught themselves or picked themselves yeah up. like there's like rusty parts to it it's just yeah i mean it's such a good performance for miss trunstable but it's just like yeah it, it it's a claustrophobic it nightmare is. the other one is when she actually because it had because the trunstable is both played up Sometimes comical, but most of the time in this is quite a terrifying figure. Yeah. And it is when uh, Matilda uh, and Miss Honey sneak into her house. Yeah. And, and we have this kind of, uh, we have a, we have a scene where like Miss Trunchbull comes home and she's going through and Matilda's having to hide around the yeah. house and it becomes quite a kind of, where is she? Because um, even Matilda plays into the horror, like the kind of a horror element where she uses the pictures of her, of uh, the dead, the dead family members to make 
to scare off Miss Trunchbull, yeah. like towards the end to go make her realize the wrong that she'd been doing, chasing her through the house. So we have some nice way that she uses this supernatural gift to kind of play with Miss uh, Miss yeah. Trunchbull. Uh, that was um, that was one of mine, just because it pops into my head as one of my favorite. Um, a, another one um, was American History X, The Curbstop. Oh. Which is just a brutal scene to watch. It's just it's oh. another one where you cringe and look away. Yeah, uh, I, and you don't even you don't see it. You sit, but you do see the teeth against the curb, and you hear the noise. Oh, the that noise! Is enough. The noise of the curb stomp is enough to make still you go, send oh, shudders down my spine. Jesus, man. like oh my god, that is horrible. Um, right, uh, No Country for All Men. I don't know if, if you've seen, yeah, him, but Javier Bardem is his yeah. own. He's Javier his own. Awesome. He's his own terrifying figure in that film. Yeah, it just it's just him. Like you can pick any scene, but the coin toss scene where he makes him choose is just suspenseful in the perfect way. You make a complete villain, but you make a horror figure, Romus. He could literally yeah. be chasing anyone. You'd it's be great. terrified of what could happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another one that I have is. Um, um, it's the never-ending story. Oh. Quagmire and the horse. When yeah. the horse oh gets stuck in it. Um, yeah, I, I saw that. I couldn't decide whether that was more like an emotional scene. than a, But there was something so horrible about it. And the fact that you see the, the death, Yeah, I think, is what makes it almost horrific. Is the fact all the way down until you get to that kind of point. It's just, oh my. Well, I watched it in reception. Um, <laughs> yeah. or, no, year three, I believe. We watched it. Um, they rolled in the old... Uh, tv and the vhs um and um yeah and it was just horrible watching it you know so i must have been about eight nine watching it and it was just terrifying and i guess it's, it goes back to what you said in jumanji it's the feeling of powerlessness and the feeling yeah. that you you know if you were in that situation you'd be shitting yourself naturally because of that film i always f- thought that i would find myself in quicksand yeah. a lot more than i have <laughs> in real life you know yeah uh, but the, yeah that that scene really does have a horrible um the, the way because you don't expect it's a kid's film you don't expect to see the horse literally to the point where it goes all the way under and you still see kind of bubbleness and you're like oh my god is that actually dead is he not coming back out like yeah like and the kid rough. is crying it's like screaming and he's trying so hard to save him that's what puts you over the edge of like for me, I think is that emotional barrier. Like, yes, yeah. it, it's horrible if you lose an animal in the film anyway, but this is where, when we literally get to hear the horrific sounds of its death, that it's like, oh my God, like, why is this Damn. in a kid's film? Yeah. And I have, I've rewatched Neverending Story actually, like recently, it was on at Christmas and I yeah. watched it on TV. And I, I can't say, like, it's got some amazing imagery. I can't say it. I loved it. it. I weirdly found it a bit dull at times. I, I can't But there are, some ama- there are some amazing scenes in it. Uh, but yeah, that, that just popped in my head. That, yeah. yeah, I've seen that. Give, um, give us one more before we wrap up. Yeah, yeah. I think this is it. Uh, the, the last one, actually, that I only put in here was um, Saving Private Ryan. Ooh, okay. Um, and although, uh, obviously, there's the horrible claustrophobia of the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan, the D-Day on the, the beach kind yeah. of thing, which is just an amazing scene. It's horrific, uh, yeah. But there, there was, it's mainly, actually, um, Eddie Corbyn, who is one of the actors in the film, he gets a death 
which is really slow, where he gets a blade slowly yeah. pushed into him. And there's just something about the way it's such a slow shot. Like, he's fighting with this guy for ages, and you think he's got the upper hand, and then he just kind of fucks up. And you've also got the tension of the fact that there's a guy literally just on the steps, like, just outside the door. Yeah. You're like, is he going to come in and save him? And he's screaming, and he gets the blade into his chest, and he's literally, like, screaming out in pain and terror. And that is, again, what pushes it over for me, is it's not just a death. Like, this is a war film. Loads of people have died. Like, it's not yeah. unexpected. But it's that kind of... It, it reminds me it reminds me of old uh, Chewie in Friday the 13th. That yeah. horrible, like, why is he dying? Why is, the, why is a nice guy dying so slowly? But that's the, I guess <laughs> that's it. Like, That's yeah. what creates the terror, though. Yeah, like, well, death doesn't discriminate. And that's the, the kind of horrible thing about war, is that people do die. You know, people's sons and daughters die horror yeah. deaths and it is it's kind of i guess you have this idea around deaths in films that they're kind of like throwaway you know how many how many henchmen does james bond kill all that kind of stuff and oh they're henchmen so they're evil and then when you when you look at war films they ground it a lot more you know and it's that kind of thing is that this is real stuff i mean world war Two. We we would have had family fight in it, you know. It's that kind of, it brings it home in a, in yeah. a strange way. But obviously, that, that's the whole thing. And with war, it is a case of we talk about horror, and obviously, you do a war film and people say it's an action. But oh my god, the horrific nature of things you'd never see, even in horror films. There's yeah. like things that are like unbelievably horrific. And a lot of war films don't even play into that as much as they possibly could because if you've seen like images of history on like war grounds and stuff, it was a like horrific massacre, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. I mean, if you look at those pictures, they're worse than what you'd see in your standard horror film any day. Like it's yeah. people torn apart, shrapnel ripping people through people. It's 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 horrible. It's a, it's a horrible thought of history. It's a horrible idea, and that's just why that one also played into my mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, this has been quite a fun little trip down memory lane, hasn't it? Um, so, <laughs> thoughts of yeah. So, I guess um, if you've enjoyed the show, then you can find us on uh, Twitter at CMTH Podcast and Instagram at CMTH Podcast. Um, come and let us know your favourite um, kind of horror scenes, not in horror. Uh, let us know what you thought about any of ours. Um, and if you've enjoyed the show, as always, hit the subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. And we will be back next week. Bye.